Jared of the GM on ESPN 1025. The game Titans Monday. Titans losers yesterday at Buffalo to go to two and three. Breaking news, Tom Pelissario, NFL Network, saying and reporting that the Tennessee Titans are planning on flying in Cody Parkey, the ex-Bears kicker, and that uh, Cody Parkey will probably be signed tomorrow, and Cody Parkey will be the next kicker for the Tennessee Titans. Floyd, do you remember Cody Parkey's double doink last year against Philadelphia? Uh, yeah, right at the end of the year. And if I remember correctly, before he went to kick that, NBC did a nice little montage of his season of crossbars, which apparently crossbars and uprights were a problem for him last season. Uh, I'm going to guess they're still a problem for Cody Parkey. Uh, and then also, Cody Parkey really ticked off Matt Nagy last year. After they lost, he went on Good Morning America to talk about missing his kick or whatever, and that really irritated Matt Nagy because he thought this this was like a team thing, and he was singling himself out by doing that. Uh, but my guess is if he was making his kicks and went on Good Morning America, they probably wouldn't have cared so much. So that's Cody Parkey. That's going to be the next Titans kicker. Do you have a problem with Cody Parkey coming in to be the next Titans kicker? Oh, I don't, I don't know anything about him other than the you know, what we saw, yeah. So I don't, you know. I mean, if you're a kicker who's available on October 7th, there's a reason you're available on October 7th as a kicker. Mm, absolutely. Now, Floyd Reese was able to pull Gary Anderson out of the air a couple times. Out of the, uh, uh, he was uh, fly fishing in Canada. And so, you know, you had that going on. So I asked Mike Vrabel today, uh, I asked Mike Vrabel about a message for the fans. Because the truth is, Floyd, is the fans are tired of games like yesterday. Games like Indianapolis, games like yesterday, where the team does everything in their power to lose. And Vrabel today, you know, I, I really think that the fans may, this may be a moment where fans are starting to turn on Vrabel, especially because of the bad decision to kick the field goal. Although it's a decision you are okay with, I think 98% of the fan base hates the decision to run Cairo Santos back out there for a 53-yard field goal. So I asked Vrabel today what his message to the fans was when they're tired of the inconsistency of the Tennessee Titans. Mike, what would you say to the fans who, when you were hired, it was about raising the bar and raising the level and see the inconsistencies and, and want to throw their hands up and say, this is the same old times. What would you say to those fans? That we're working tirelessly to improve this football team each and every day. That when I come to work uh, to the detriment of my family, uh, I think about this team um, when I'm here, when I'm not here, uh, that we're going to improve, that our goal is to improve every day, to put guys in positions, to coach these guys, to let them uh, be in position to, to help the team and, uh, and play with great effort, play with great fundamentals, uh, but most importantly, uh, win. What do, you th- what do you think of that message to the fans? Uh, it was fine. I mean, that's what you'd expect him to say, I think. I, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say that I didn't like it because I'll let the fans determine how they feel about the message. Because, again, I'm not asking for me. I'm asking for the fans. Well, what what could he say? Well, I mean, the whole thing about, you know, that we're working tireless, tirelessly to the detriment of my family. So was the guy before you. Wizenhunt, I don't really know how hard he was working. I'm sure he was working hard, but. You know, that was the to the detriment of the team with how he was working. But, I mean, all these coaches work hard, right? Like, every coach 
in the history – no, not every coach. I'm sure you've worked with some real losers who, you know, 9-5 to five coaching, going up against these guys that work really hard. But, like, every coach works hard. I mean, Sean McDermott, the guy you were coaching against, I'm sure he works really hard to the detriment of his family. I mean, I think 99% of us work what we work, and at some point it is to the detriment of our family what we do. I mean, even I have an example of, you know, the detriment of, to, to my family and what I do. Um, which is not to the detriment level of what a football coach goes through. But I don't know, you know, like maybe something like we plan on correcting it, we will raise the bar, all that kind of stuff, and he, he wasn't going there, which we're working hard. Everybody's working hard, except the people that don't work hard who, you know, think they're working hard. But there, there's maybe 1% of the American population that thinks that they don't work hard. Oh, I'm I'm sure. You know, because I mean, you've been I've, around some people I've who don't work people, hard yeah, at all and probably I've, think, I work the hardest. I've seen people that, boy, I'm killing it. And you're thinking to yourself, geez, if you only knew. <laughs> if you only knew. So let's go back <laughs> to your phones. And I guess that's a question for the fans. That is, what did you think of Rabel's message to you? Because, again, this is to you, not to me. Not to us. Somebody today was like, oh, Jared Stillman got to ask about the message to the fans. That's our job. Our job is not to ask questions because we personally want to know the answer. Our job is to ask questions for you, the fans, which is what I do. Let's go to your phones on Titans Monday. Evan, up next on Vrabel. Go ahead, Evan. Hey, to touch on one thing you mentioned earlier, I think we're talking more about what the Titans did wrong than what the Bills did right because this was the Titans losing the game and not the Bills winning the game. Um, But to my point, I I look at Vrabel almost a season and a half into his head coaching tenure, and there are just some head coaching gaffes, plain and simple. Even even if you want to defend sending Santos out on for that fourth field goal from 53 yards, you know, you, his, his reason for doing that is what bothered me. He said that he went to Santos and asked him how he was feeling about it. And that, to me, is a variable putting the, keeping the player hat on and not putting the head coach hat on. If you're, if you're the head coach, like, whatever decision you make, you make that decision – not by asking the kicker how he feels. Of course the kicker's going to say, oh, yeah, coach, I'm feeling great. I was on the street a month ago, and now I'm on an NFL team. I can do anything, coach. And I think that this coaching staff as a whole doesn't have enough head coaching experience. I don't count Dean Pease and at Kent State. So, GM, I know I'm a little early, but my ask the GM question for you is, what, what can John Robinson do to set Rabel up for success and learn – how to avoid these head coaching mistakes that a young head coach makes as Rabel has been making. Thanks. There you have it. Yeah, I mean, being a head coach, if you haven't been one, is is constantly a learning experience. And the reason it changes is because everything about the game changes. The player that you handled last year because he had a drug problem is not the same player you're dealing with this year that assaulted his wife, or you know the coach that you're um, you're trying to teach the the basics, the fundamentals of of what you want taught in a certain position is not the same guy that you know has been in the league for 35 years and knows exactly what you're talking about and everything about it. And so I think it's it's just one of those jobs that if you haven't done it for a long time, and even if you have, to be honest, I mean, it's just constantly changing. It's one of those things. It's like Bud Grant used to tell me about covering a kick. He'd say, there's no need practicing covering kicks. And I would say, why? And he'd say, because every single kick 
that you ever cover in your entire life will be different. And bottom line is he's right. And so, you know, it's it's one of those things that I think you just have to learn. Some guys pick it up quicker. Some guys have done it longer. Uh, but Mike hasn't. You know, Mike's a, a young guy, and he's still working his way. Uh, by the way, someone tweeted out and said uh, the Titans could only – uh, Austin Huff, who, who used to work here, tweeted out, said, so the Titans cut a guy who, who's famous for missing kicks only to sign a guy who is more famous for missing kicks. That is not a good solution right there. By the way, the answer there on what John Robinson can do, he can get Vrabel a better kicker. That, I think, would be able to, to help him out. Let's see, I mean, that's everybody's going to have that answer. There are no better kickers oh, out no, no, there. No, 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 I'm just saying. <laughs> you can't manufacture them. I'm they just saying. they got to be out there. AJ <laughs> is up next. What's up, AJ? Hey, guys. Um, I just want to say I've been pretty neutral on uh, Marcus, but I got to agree with you, Jared. Uh, I thought Marcus had a really, really good game, Um, even under the circumstances with the offensive line. uh, The receivers didn't give him any help. Uh, Corey Davis dropped a nice ball down the sideline, which potentially could have led to a touchdown. Uh, And also, we're forgetting to mention really how good this Bills defense is. Like, we just went up against arguably one of the best defenses in the NFL, and, I mean, just look at what they did to Tom Brady last week. Uh, 150 yards, one interception. So, you know, I think I think Marcus did a really good job. I, I just wanted to, you know, say I had to agree with you on that, Jerry. Thank you for the call. If you compare Brady's day with Marcus's day, Marcus had a way better day than Tom Brady did against Buffalo's defense. <laughs> You're the one that wants to go off the stats of yesterday's game. 25 yards. It's a difference. And he had a touchdown, and Brady had a pick and no touchdowns. I mean, there's a big difference between those two. You're the one that wants to go up the stats. I, I'm fine. not. I'm going off of what I uh, saw choose, on the field yesterday. You want to and choose. I thought Marcus Mariota did everything in his power to win them that football game. The one thing he could have done differently, which, again, I do blame on him a little bit, even though I thought that, that he technically was behind the line of scrimmage. I did believe that, you know, Marcus has got to know, man, get that ball out of there before you get close to that line. Like, you got to know where the line is, you got to know where you are, and you got to throw the ball before you get to the line. That being said, I thought that that was a bad call, but that's the only mistake that I credit to Mariota. He's not the reason he's getting sacked five times. He's not the reason. He's not the reason guys are dropping the football. That's not his fault. And everyone just looks at the stats, and when you look at the stats, you can say, oh, he sucks because the stats say he sucks. But against a really good defense— Marcus went out there, and I thought Marcus played really, really well. 615-737-1025. Jared, the GM, back to the phones next, plus what Mike Vrabel had to say about Roger Saffold, because that has been a big, big, big issue so far with the Titans. We'll get to that coming up. Jared, the GM, it's ESPN 1025, the game. With accountability for actions with Saffold, who – has probably had a lot of plays that he'd like back early in the season. How long can you keep going with that in hopes that he'll be the player you paid him to come in and be? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's what you do. You know, that's what you do in the league. You, you, you make decisions, um, and there's been a lot of uh, good football, and sometimes there's been plays that he's liked to head back, and i got to find out, and we have to find out if that's, um, you know, lapses in focus, concentration, not getting the snap count, not getting off on the ball. A lot of times when you watch offensive linemen, even if you look at Nate or Roger inside, um, when they're getting off on the football, on the snap, 
you know, they're getting in their guys. Sometimes in pass protection, if you're a step late, um, they're getting into your chest. And so you know, we have to find out where that lapses um, are coming from and what's causing it because, you know, we need to fix it. Uh, we, we have to help our quarterback. Um, we, we have to improve in, in a lot of phases. But how long can you go on with the we need to fix it before it becomes too late and then you have to make a decision to fix it? Well, right, you know, we, we feel like he's one of our obviously best five linemen. And so um, you know, we, we have to find ways to fix it. And to this point, up until, you know, again, there's been a lot of good things. And yesterday, you know, there were some plays that we'd like to have back in pass protection. That was Mike Vrabel today. I asked him, hey, how long can we go on with Watson Saffold like this? And Vrabel goes, hey, I, you know, I think he's one of the best five offensive linemen. I don't have anything to base that off of other than the fact that he's done that before somewhere else. But with this offensive line, maybe that's enough, you know, to go off of that and say, well, you know, I mean, he was good somewhere else. That being said, though, can't you make the argument Dennis Kelly's one of the best five offensive linemen and he's not out there? Could I? Well, I'm just saying, could anybody make the argument? Oh, sure. You know, if you're going to say, well, I think Roger Saffold's one of our best five offensive linemen. Sure. So we're going to keep giving him chances, chance after chance to not be a turnstile. I can't. I look at you and say, well, Dennis Kelly's one of the best five offensive linemen. Why isn't Dennis out there? I mean, I, I know there's a difference between a tackle and a guard. I'm starting to not care as far as Kelly's concerned with, with these other guys. Well, I mean, there there is a difference to the extent that some guys can play both. Some guys can't. Well, they used and, Dennis Kelly at guard against the Chargers last year in London. And if you move a guy that hasn't played guard or doesn't want to play guard or isn't good playing guard in there, I mean, you're just asking for more of the same. It's not a remedy. It's just a change. And in coaching, you don't change just to change. You know, you change because you think, rightly or wrongly, that you're improving whatever it is you're trying to fix. So, I mean, I would think, uh, I mean... And again, I know, I, I mean, I've got history with him, history being scouting him for so long. So I know what he is. I mean, were and you I'm, were you really on him for Belichick saying, hey, this guy? Well, is, he never he was never available, you know. Was he a high first rounder? I think he was a high second rounder. But, I mean, he didn't. He's played left, left tackle. He's played left guard. He's played, I think, everything but center. I don't know that he's been a center. But he's played every position on the offensive line and played him well. I'm talking about playing it to a to a playoff caliber, you know, with playoff caliber teams. Did Skarnecchia like him? I don't know that we ever talked about him. He was 33rd overall. 33rd overall. 33rd pick. So y'all would have had at least one chance to take him in New England. And it probably would have been right around that pick. I mean, y'all were probably picking 30th that year or something like that. So. Probably. I don't know. But, should have uh, fought harder with Bill for for old uh, Roger Saffold. Well, it wasn't. I mean, I can't even remember. I think he's been in the league like ten years, hasn't he? Two thousand ten draft. So okay. that would have been right when you got to New so England. That was. So they were too busy drafting Gronk to you know be worried about drafting yeah. Roger Saffold. So yeah. you know, it worked out for him. Let's go to your phones. Fred is up next on Roger Saffold. Go ahead, Fred. Hey guys, I hope you having a good day. Yep. Uh, I, I just wanted to say, you know. I'm willing to give Saffold time because Butler last year, you know, I thought he was terrible. And then he came around this year. He's been pretty much like a lockdown corner, in my opinion. But uh, that being said, man, that offensive line is the one thing holding us back, I'm pretty sure. Our receivers are good. I think our quarterback's average. 
But, you know, when they're not giving up sacks, they're they're getting plays called back, big holding calls, like you said, that first play last game. Uh, it's just been rough, man. I just hope they can figure it out. And uh, y'all have a good day. Thank you for the call. There is a part of me that feels like the idea of just running the same five guys out there every week is not the answer, but it is the answer the Titans are going with right now. And I, I don't know because, you know, some of this is, hey, just let it all play out, let the cake bake, let it all grow over time and see what happens with you know when it comes out of the cocoon. And some of it is you've already lost three games and we just started October. You can't lose too many more because of your offensive line. Well, yeah, but see, part of it, I mean, you don't have a choice. What are your choices? You know, I mean, the right guard, like the right guard. I mean, he has absolutely no NFL experience. You heard me before. You've got to come in as a position in the offensive line. You have to, one, learn what you're supposed to do and get that all worked out with your teammate, other offensive linemen. And then you have to get used to the NFL. He's done neither. So, I mean, he's, you know, he is literally learning on the run. And that is not a comfortable position in the NFL. Frank is up next on Mariota. What's up, Frank? Uh, thanks for taking my call. I just want to say I've been calling about Mariota, saying he's awful. I agree with the GM. Jared, grab your pom-poms. Be the biggest cheerleader for him you want. His butt is gone. What did he do yesterday that you didn't like? He showed up. <laughs> but what play did he not make yesterday, or what throw did he miss, or what what did he do That's yesterday why, that cost the Titans only, a game? It's only one game. It's one game. They're sixteen. You play two good. So games how can you it. how can you declare after yesterday's game? He's done. He's gone. Pack him up, Marcus. Ship him out of here. But like, what what would drive you to call that today, based upon what you saw yesterday? Not on yesterday, but that rest of the year, he's been awful. Has he? Was he bad? Was he awful against Atlanta? You do realize he he was entering Sunday the seventh highest rated quarterback in the league. Well, is he winning? No. Well, I mean, again, did he did he drop the ball yesterday? Did he miss the kicks yesterday? No, but it, why, why did they lose the like game, Frank? Said, Frank, game. Frank, why did they lose the game? Because they didn't have a field goal kicker either. And is that his fault? No, but uh, how about the rest of this season? Okay, how about I, last season? I'll give you. I'll give you the Indianapolis game. I'll give you Indianapolis. Marcus screwed that game up. They lost. But other than that, they've won the other two. In the Jacksonville game, he, had a, he got sacked nine times. What? I mean... He's, he's, he's not an NFL quarterback for a franchise and, quarterback. And you know what? You might be right. Thank you for your call, Frank. You might be right on Marcus. My declaration that he played well yesterday and gave you every freaking chance to win the football game is not a declaration that he's Joe Montana. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying... I thought Marcus had a really good game yesterday, and it was negated by literally everybody around him, from his field goal kicker to his receivers that dropped four balls, three on third down, to his offensive line that got five of your first six penalties, to your coach who doesn't know that your field goal kicker can't kick anymore. To all of those things were to the detriment of him. That's all. That's the only point I'm trying to make. 
And it's not a declaration about what he is or isn't. Or it, There's nothing about that. It's just yesterday's game, I thought Marcus put you in position to win, and everybody else screwed it up. Oh, now? You can't say that with a straight face. He got you four field you goals yesterday you didn't make. Hey, let me say this. Two of them would have been shorter if he hadn't have screwed it up. Look, that guy is missing from 10 yards. You wouldn't know that. You have no idea if that's right, wrong, or indifferent. He might have a job today if it wasn't for a sack and a penalty. Do you who, want, then then who cut knows? Marcus and keep who Santos. Knows? Then cut Marcus and keep Santos. I'm. Uh, you know what? I, you're trying to. You're trying to base all of this off of your emotions, and that's not working with this guy. I'm basing it off of this what I guy, saw we yesterday. We have too much history on this guy. You cannot in the NFL. You cannot. Quarterbacks in charge of the offense, right? He's the key cog of the offense. You cannot take 60% of your offense and throw it out the window and have a chance to win. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That does not happen in the NFL. Again, you you are generalizing you, that every offensive fault was his. That every third I'm down, not, first down I'm they not, didn't get was his fault. I'm not. I'm generalizing. I'm not basing If it's it a on three and out where Adam Humphreys drops the ball, that's not his fault. What, do you think that he's the only quarterback in the NFL that has a ball dropped? Three on third down? Do you think he's the only quarterback in the NFL that has a ball dropped? I think he's the only quarterback in the NFL who had three drops on third down yesterday and had a kicker miss four kicks. Yes. <laughs> that wasn't my question. Do you think he's the only quarterback in the NFL that has a ball dropped? No. Of course not. Everybody has a ball dropped. Everybody has holding penalties. Everybody gets sacked. Not as often as he has been. But that happens to every quarterback in the league. Did you see the the MVP from last year hobbling? He can't even walk today because his offensive line let him get killed. Then he must suck. <laughs> he, he sure wasn't very good yesterday. Does he suck? If I remember correctly, they lost. Is he not maybe they the best player in the NFL to, right now? They lost to Indy. So is it his fault? And Indy's quarterback I, threw you know for what? 153 I, yards. I think you're right, Floyd. I think and Kansas he City, lost. I think you're 100% right. I think Kansas City should cut Mahomes because he stinks so bad because they I, lost did yesterday. I, did I say that? Because he was saying. I mean, they lost him the game yesterday, didn't he? I did. Did, did they win? He's the quarterback. If they didn't win, he's the guy that takes the responsibility. You're right. Then they should just cut Mahomes. I, I totally agree. I don't, is that a shock to you? Is that a shock to you about the NFL? That it's Mahomes' fault that they no, lost no. today. If, they the, cut if your team doesn't win, the quarterback's going to take the brunt of it. If they cut is that Patrick a surprise? Mahomes, is that they, a surprise? If they don't cut change Patrick the, Mahomes, don't change yes, the question. Would, it would be a is surprise. Is that a surprise to you? It would be a surprise. That the to quarterback me. carries the brunt. Of all teams in the NFL. But that doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right. And it's, it's not just right like in the, the case of coach. this quarterback You want to fire the offensive line coach. I you do don't know the, the line offensive coach. line coach from a Jarvis. Because we've had two and you would years have no of no offensive clue line play. If he was good, bad, or indifferent. And that's like Vrabel. You want to get Vrabel fired too. But you no, I you, you, you no, this I is what you'll do fire Mike because Vrabel. you never have to go over there at press that. conferences and talk to him. You you insinuate that he needs to get fired, but then you always finish it with, "Oh, but I think he's I, a good coach." I have never once that never, claimed that, that Mike Vrabel should be fired. That does I, I, not work. See, I have never once said Mike Vrabel should be fired. In fact, I think Vrabel does good things as a coach. 
He just does a lot of bad things, too, and I point out the bad things. It was the same thing as Mike Malarkey. I used to ream Mike Malarkey's rear end all the time, and everyone was like, man, you're hard on Malarkey. And I'm like, I think Malarkey's a good coach. And when they fired Malarkey, I was the only one who was sick to my stomach about that decision because I thought Malarkey was a good coach. I think Vrabel's a good coach. I think he's too stubborn. I think he has no idea what he's doing on fourth down, but I still think that he's a good coach. Uh, but, like, this idea that, I mean, like, if I said that you said that someone should be fired, you would have been really mad at me because, like, I – so I am just saying I never said Vrabel should be fired. Now, again, I think the guy's clueless on fourth down. I, I do. Like, he's got to read a book that tells you when to not. Go, like, he needs to ask Madden on the video game about what to do on fourth down. Time he got outs, no clue. Timeouts in basketball, fourth down in football. We never uh, had a problem. We did got, we ever have a problem? We really Ian, have a struggle. Ian, did we ever have a problem with and Mike Malarkey every in fourth down? once in a while be timeouts in football, too. Mate, we had Mike Malarkey. <laughs> we had Mike Malarkey Surely to cover for— Surely there's been for, a play somewhere, sure, too, in there, but sure, I the can't fake, think of any the off The fake punt against Arizona I lost my mind about. But uh, but on this, on this show, we've had Mike Malarkey as the coach— for almost as long as Mike Vrabel, right? I think Malarkey, just about, right? Malarkey was longer because it was two full seasons. Yeah. And we never threw fits about the fourth down decision making until now because this coach doesn't know what he's doing. We'll go back to your phones on it. 615-737-1025. Jared and the GM. TJ Anderson. He knows when to go for it on fourth down. He also knows when you need to buy. He need, he knows what you need to sell because he knows the market. That's why I love my friend TJ Anderson, part of Benchmark Realty, TJ Anderson Homes. Go online to TJ Anderson Homes. Dot com where thousands of people are going on a daily basis. That's right. Thousands of people. So you list your home with TJ Anderson. Those thousands of people will see that home at TJAndersonHomes.com. Text radio to 615-866-4670 to get your home's value. I do it with my home, and you can as well. You'll get a monthly update about what's going on with your home. That's radio to 615-866-4670 for tjandersonhomes.com. Nobody knows the market like TJ Anderson does. Talk to TJ today. It's tjandersonhomes.com. Jared the GM on Titans Monday. It's ESPN 1025 The Game. Do you weigh analytics into that decision at that time? Do you have a numbers guy telling you this percentage to go for it on fourth and this percentage to make the field goal? Um. Yeah, we, we know those numbers. We're very aware of what those numbers are. And that, I think in the NFL, um, we, we all expect field goal kickers uh, to make 53-yard field goals. I watch all the games just like you guys do. Coach puts a guy out there, he makes a 50-yarder. Right? And I think that that's part of the pro football. And, you know, where you're at as far as, you know, fourth and six, you know, I didn't you could kind of see where we are on third and six and figure it out where our percentage would be on fourth and six. So does that help you with the analytics? I think we were three of 14 on third down yesterday or whatever we were. I think that's whatever percentage, and we didn't do very well on field goals, so that was the percentage there. I think we got to do better. You know, we got to do better special teams. We got to do better defensively in some of those critical situations, and certainly we have to do a better job of stringing consecutive positive plays together on offense i mean we we had them but we just there were too few few and far between to um to get anything going i mean we we have three plays in a row that get us down there and we talk about fighting through the fringe 
and, and then we stall for whatever reason, you know, an execution or a penalty. And you know, I, there were positives, too many negatives. And, but we, when we talk about the keys each week and we told the guys that, hey, when the Bills get down there, they're, you know, they're five touchdowns and only seven trips. They didn't, the offense hadn't gotten down there that much. But when they got down there, they have some pretty good scheme plays. And as you can see, you know, that was really the case again yesterday. They didn't get down there that much, but when they did, you know, they got us on a couple play passes. So I don't know how do you have an analytics guy that tells you to go for it on fourth down turns into how the effective the Bills offense is in the red zone. But apparently that was for Vrabel right there. Three of 14 on third down. That is still better than 0%, which is what you were kicking the ball yesterday. I, don't, I think they were better than that. Better than three or fourteen. Three or fourteen. Yeah. I'm just saying what Vrabel said. Yeah, you know, know. so know. Vra- Vrabel's trying to couch his argument with, you know, hey, we know the numbers. We know in our third downs we're bad, so we know the numbers. Well, then you sent out zero percent to go kick fifty three yards, and it's just mind boggling to me. To your phones we go. David is up next on Mike Vrabel. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, David. Oh uh, yes, yeah, so I was calling uh, the comment um, that Vrabel said about working to the detriment of his family. It just it kind of bugged me. I don't know what. Was he looking for sympathy? I mean, all of us work hard and the detriment of our family, and most of us don't get paid millions of dollars to do it. So I appreciate your call. I, I think that if Vrabel was, like, I think, you know, well, I don't want to say I put Vrabel in a tough spot, but I don't ask Vrabel what the message to the fans is after they win. You know what I mean? Like, I'm asking him after a soul-crushing loss, which the Titans have had way too many of, especially against Buffalo, but I'm asking him, you know, in a tough spot. Like, the fans are probably not going to like to hear what the coach has to say no matter what. You I mean, they lost the game. Uh, I do think the I work to the detriment of my family angle, you know, kind of, I'm not going to say rubs the average fan the wrong way, but, like, we don't care. Everybody works to the detriment of their family. Floyd, when you were GM of the Titans, you probably worked a lot of hours that was to the detriment of Sean and Jeremy and Katie and Sally and all the grandkids and everything. But as somebody who is a Titan fan, I'm not sure I really care. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that so for the caller to say it rubs him the wrong way, I get what the caller means. I think it is personal to Vrabel because Vrabel wants to spend more time with his family and do less coaching probably. But it just rubs the average fan the wrong way when it's like, well, you know, Johnny Joe makes 30 grand. And he has to miss things for his family, too. You know, I think that's... Now is Johnny Joe supposed to feel to the detriment of his family? He's making 30 grand. Vrabel's making probably 3 million bucks. Right, but having been there, I mean, I don't know what Johnny Joe does for a living, but unless he does it about 100 hours a week, it's not the same. <laughs> I mean, it's the amount of time they put in is incredible. I know, but like, if you're the CEO and of Delta, I'm sure the CEO of Delta puts very, in a bunch of time. Very well too. could be. Very well could be. I don't. I don't and, know. and there's a lot of people that I don't know anything about there's a Delta. lot of people that don't make a lot of money who put in a lot of hours too. You know, well, like football coach is not the hardest job in the world. No, and I'm not saying it is. I mean, but I, I am saying that having been there, I mean, it is a hard job. And there are a lot of people. I mean, I've been around a lot of people who work, you know, six hours a day and call it a hard job. I mean, that's that is not hard. That is not classified as hard. And so, I mean, I think it's, you know, I think it's a matter of 
there's a there are levels and there are levels. I mean, doctors, for example. I mean, they're off the charts. They and I don't even know how many hours they work. You know, and 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 they're probably like you said. Now I don't know how much a doctor makes, but I'm not sure how many doctors. Maybe they all make three million. You know, if that's what Vrabel makes. Oh, I asked my buddy but, if he's going to go to the Preds game Saturday. He's a doctor. He's like, ah, I just got off a 24-hour shift, and I got to do another one tomorrow at 6 a.m., so yeah, I'm probably not so, going to I mean, you know, there oh, you go. Probably shouldn't go to the game. Yeah. Let's go to Kinston, who's up next. What's up, Kinston? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, first time, long time, love the show. Cool. I had a comment and a question for the GM. Uh, one, I don't know what's up with this Buffalo team, that two years in a row we played so badly, somebody's had to get cut the Monday after. Um, second one for the GM, with so much – invested in the offensive line, if things kind of stay how they are the rest of the year, do we have any moves if we want to move around from somebody, or are we kind of stuck with the guys we have? I take the comments off the air. Thanks. You know, I mean, uh, I, I don't think I don't think they would do anything with Taylor. I don't know what Saffold's contract looks like. Uh, ben Jones just signed a new one, so I, I assume he's okay. The rookie, I mean, I, I don't know what you're going to do about him. You know, I mean, it's because he is literally, uh, uh, you know, his trike has or his bike has training wheels. And so, you know, it, when it's all said and done, is he going to be good enough? I mean, we don't know. Um, and then Jack, I think Jack is in a contract year. He is. So, you know, I mean, he's, you know, a day like yesterday is not helping his cause. I do wonder if the Titans would trade Lawan at the end of the year. If Lawan becomes, I I worry about Lawan in the locker room because, you know, he talks a lot. You know, he talks a lot, and not to say that you know his talking that they they're not used to his talking because I think they're probably used to his. But like even today, he's like you know trash talking Shaq Lawson in Buffalo on Twitter. You know, like and I feel like that will rub people the wrong way when you don't play well in your own team, when I'm sitting here, I'm fighting every week, you got busted for PEDs, step right back in, play worse than the guy that was ahead of you, and now you're the one doing all the talking. And if that continues for the season, I can see guys saying, get this guy out of here. You know, enough's enough. And then you can, you can obviously get something for Taylor because he's a good player, so then you do it. Yeah, I worry about Taylor in the locker room. Not that, I, not that I'm on that team, so I wouldn't know, but I just know that when you talk, it's all fun and games, but if you don't produce, then they get mad at the talker. And I think, I mean, I, you know, I mean, he's he's not a novice to anybody over there. I mean, everybody over there has been with him for, you know, however long, two, three years, at least some some a lot longer than that. So. I mean, they've they they got a pretty good feel for whoever he is. Right back to the phones next, except for the one thing that I think really, you know, I'm not going to complain about it too much in yesterday's game, but is worth at least bringing up. We'll get to that coming up next. Hey, Preds fans, Smashville Live returns this Wednesday, hosted by Braden Golf from Brew House South in Cool Springs, located at 1855 Galleria Boulevard from 7 to 8. This week's guests are Kyle Turris and Dan Hamuse. The first 50 people have an opportunity to get an autograph or a picture. Smashville Live brought to you by New Amsterdam Vodka, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, and Red Spirits and Wine. Jared the GM at ESPN 1025 The Game. And you see the miscues offensively with this line. They've continued third and goal. Mariota feels the pocket start to collapse. Probing. 
Brady throwing to the end zone. It's caught. Touchdown, A.J. Brown. But was Mariota over the line of scrimmage on this throw? You thought that he was going to tuck it away and run for it. Yeah, but I he thought, may have crossed the line of scrimmage. I thought there was no doubt he was going to run. I thought he had clear shot to the end zone. The line of scrimmage was the 11-yard line. Illegal forward pass. Offense number eight. Five-yard penalty from the spot of the foul. It's also a loss of down. It's fourth down. That was uh, the play yesterday. Mariota across the line. By the way, I agree with Archuleta. Mariota could run that ball into the end zone for a touchdown. And that's what I thought he was going to do. I thought it was going to be one of those ones where the quarterback goes running and then he dives, and they're going to, he's, you're going to get popped when you're diving, but he dives in for, for a touchdown. Then he throws it, and I'm like, touchdown! And then I'm like, oh, I'm not so sure. But I don't want to whine about the officiating. But the officiating was terrible yesterday. The holding call on the wand to start the game was terrible. Totally changes the game when you wipe out a 30-yard gain to start the football game. And then Gene Steratore yesterday broke it down, and he thought Mariota was behind the line of scrimmage. My opinion here, guys, remember the entire quarterback, every part of him has to be beyond the line of scrimmage. If anything, it's not the position of the ball. It's his entire body. So if his back foot is at the 11, which was that previous spot, they will overturn this to a legal forward pass. And in my opinion, when Marcus Marietta releases this football, his right foot appears to be right at the 11-yard line. And I went back and watched it like 10 times. The right foot was literally right behind the 11-yard line by an inch. Well, keep in mind now, the only way they overturn these, if it's clear and obvious, I mean, you're talking about an inch. I but, Gene, say, but Gene is there saying it's clear and obvious to him. I don't care what Gene's saying. He's not on the field. The guys that are on the field that are looking at the things, to them, they're looking at it and they're going, no, that's where I thought his foot was. You know, yeah, he's he's over the line. I mean, so it's it's you know it's that was their decision. If they would have given him the touchdown, they would have left left him with the touchdown. But no, they they took it or they said no, and then you know there wasn't enough to overturn it. Now, if it would have been an entire foot back or or a something back, the other foot, anything, then I I think it'd be clear and obvious. Let's go to your phones. I just thought the fishing was terrible. Let's run through them before we get to Floyd's three things. Chris is up next. What's up, Chris? Gentlemen, how's it going? Titans and truth. Yes, indeed. Now, Jared, first of all, I'm going to make this quick. First of all, I commend you and the rest of the media. Y'all kind of stumped Bray, but I could tell he was kind of flustered during that press conference. Major commending uh, to you on that. Mr. Floyd, I agree with you on one thing. Yes, this is a game that they should have won. I agree with that 100%. Other than that, Jared, I am 1,000% with you on this. The first, Number one, I mean, Santos missing the kick. Number one, he missed three kicks prior, 33, 36, 50 yards. In that situation, I think everybody in the stadium, including myself, was thinking, why in the world are you sending them out there? I literally had to turn around and not even look at the kick, and I look at the look of everybody else. And I knew he was going to miss it the second he stepped on the field by the way it was going before. And you said earlier, you know, if it's one player on the offensive line, it's probably that player that needs to work on himself. 
But if it's the entire unit, you really got to start looking at the coach. For two and, years. And, I mean, Vrabel talking about he's very confident in Keith Carter. That's kind of football malpractice. That's the same thing Malarkey was doing with Coach Wabisky. That's not good. And let's kill this good to great thing. Let's at least try to go from mediocre to good. Let's start with that. I will say and- this, Chris. Chris, thank you for your call. Uh, I, I think that this is, and this will be a topic either for later or tomorrow, but I do believe this is the first time the fans are really, I mean, are really, really mad at Vrabel. You know, this is the first time in his two years where I think I can sense some tide turning a little bit on Vrabel from the fans. But... The good to great thing, if this team, because everybody watches these games and says, see, this is why they're nine and seven every year. This is why they're nine and seven. You know what I thought about today? What if they're not nine and seven? Like, what if they're five and 11 this year? And it'd be very easy to blame Mariota for that, and I'm sure they will. But I think the fans aren't going to forget the good to great stuff if you go five and 11 this year. And they will, because they know Marcus can get them nine wins. So if you go five and 11, then they're going to have a real problem. Let's go to Tony, who's up next on Vrabel. What's up, Tony? Everything's good out here trying to make my wife some money. A couple of things. GM, I like the fact that you said you like facts. Here's some facts. Number one is we got more than enough talent to win football games. That's a fact. Number two is they just don't have nobody to help them win. That's a fact. That falls on 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 Mike Brady. For an example, we sitting there watching the football game, and the defense of the Buffalo Bills are fixed. I mean, totally fixed on every move that Derrick Henry makes. And a good coach would have picked up on that. Tony, Tony, I hear you. Tony, Tony, I hear you, and I appreciate your call. Um, But I I really felt like you were going nowhere with that. And I would say this. It's not a fact to say. This team does not have anybody helping them out. That is the exact opposite of a fact. I mean, I guess it's not the exact opposite because I can't tell you that it's not true. But it is 100% an opinion and not a fact. Right. Uh, But I, I wasn't really sure where that call was going. And by that, I mean, it felt like it was going nowhere. Cedric. Who I know will have a call that doesn't go anywhere is up next. Cedric, Cedric. give me a call. <laughs> my man, my man. Jim, listen, I, I love you. Jared, you, you got to start with these excuses, man. You keep saying that what did Marcus do? He played great. Marcus Mariota did not play great yesterday. Great. We, we're not going to – no, we're, we're not going to blame these officials. Let's remember, there was a there was a roughing the passer where our guy blocked uh, the, the, the Bills guy into Mariota, Right. That was that drive. was pretty amazing, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Now let me t- let me tell you what we should expect out of a guy drafted number two. We should expect a guy with the number two pick to have us in the playoffs. He got to the playoffs once, compete for league MVP, compete compete for Super Bowl, and at the end of the day, when you have a nasty game like that, find a way to win, no matter who drops passes, no matter what field goal kickers missing what, because that's what Matt Nine did. He was the guy that Floyd Reese drafted. Mariota dies for a touchdown, and his knee hits the ground. That's called awareness. He doesn't have that. But you've got a guy who's running and doesn't know where the line of scrimmage is and is over the line of scrimmage. Now, Jerry, don't tell me that it was close, because the Buffalo guys are going to say the Music City Miracle was close. 
don't, don't, don't give me that. He uh, the music vehicle was on. close, Cedric. I well, mean, it was a lateral, but, but, but it was close. But it went our way. So we're not going to cry about that. When he had all that room over there and didn't have the situational awareness to know where the line of scrimmage was to complete that pass. That's why this bum needs to get out of here, man. Thank you, Floyd, for holding him accountable. I got to go, man. Thank you, Cedric. Floyd, do you think that Mariota, as Cedric put it, this bum needs to go? It's, it's, I mean, we'll know in a few weeks. A.G. is up next. What's up, A.G.? I don't know, man. I think Cedric one of my favorite callers. But, man, uh, Jerry, man, I hate when you say that uh, that uh, Mark, Mike Malaga was a good coach, but you said you don't believe he can win a Super Bowl, man. I just you my guy, but I just hate when you say that. And then I want to ask you, do you feel like Marcus Mariota played better than uh, Buffalo Bills quarterback? And I also want to ask you one more thing. Are you signing? Would you sign Marcus Mariota to a max contract at the end of the season? And that's all I like. Well, I mean, I'm not signing Mariota to a max contract. I don't think Mariota is expecting to be offered a max contract, even if he is offered a contract by the Titans. I don't think Mariota is expected to sign to get a max contract. Um, but to answer your point about was he better than Allen? Allen had all day back in the pocket yesterday. Allen I mean, got sacked four times. There was one time Marcus where Marcus got sacked five times. There was one time it's where not Allen a world of difference. No, no, there was one time where <laughs> Allen literally got sacked because he stood there for about three minutes patting the football, and Adam Archuleta was like, "There's just nobody there. The coverage is perfect." And so, uh, I mean, I, I, I thought Allen played okay. I thought Allen made every easy throw that he was asked to make, which were the only throws he was asked to make. The little easy. Right here, easy, easy, easy. And unlike Marcus, his guys actually caught the ball. So, no, it's not apples to apples. Coming up next, Floyd's three you things. You are so biased at all. No, I am not. It is so hard to, to Did listen. Did I not give Marcus the business after the Indy game? so biased. Did I not give a, I'm biased. Fine. I'm biased. Fine. You're the one who was okay with Vrabel kicking. The only person in the history of America that was okay with sending Cairo Santos out there for that 53-yard kick. I mean, that is biased. It's, there is nothing. That makes complete and perfect football sense. Vrabel now, I has know never in your gone world, for one. I know in your world that doesn't mean anything. But in the football world... If you say, okay, you put him in this situation, you're behind by seven, you're going to get the ball this series and one more. you got to pick up ten points. How are you going to do it? Well, I better kick the field goal now. Yeah. It's the only chance you got. You don't, then you got to pray you can tie. So, that's. I mean, that is complete and obvious football sense. Ian. Now, I know you don't understand that. Ian, has Floyd so, ever on this show... In the two years Vrabel has been coached, dis- coach disagreed with his fourth down decision either way, whether it was to kick or to not. Well, you know, Floyd, he doesn't do that. You know his, my, well, you you know his philosophy. Yeah, you forget yeah. my rule. That's that not, it's so hard to make that call. Is, that it's, as long as it's a decisive is, decision yeah. and then you stick with it's it. Exactly So right. if it's fourth and 21 and Vrabel wants to go for it, you're going to say, okay, you know what? I like that decision. No, I doubt he would go for it on that. I, and I doubt that anybody would like it. But... All of, all of these decisions that you're getting amped up about, I mean, they're all 50-50. You think he, if it was a lock, it wouldn't be an issue. And he knows that. And and as I always try to tell you, I'm just going to guess. 
and I could be completely wrong on this, that they spend a lot more time thinking about this than you do. They may not. <laughs> I'll say that. I, I will say this. I spend a ton of time thinking about this stuff. I don't care how much Now, you I don't watch a ton of film, and I but yeah. I do spend a ton of time thinking about this. Jared and the GM, three up, three down. Floyd's three things are next. It's Jared and the GM on ESPN 1025, the game.